Well, how do you remain happy when the bottom falls out? Um, that's really what we're answering in our conversation this morning. And so good morning to all of you. It's great to have all of you join us online today as we're continuing a conversation about this question here, what makes you happy? And I'm just going to tell you, this is a very important conversation today, especially during this time of our global crisis, because whenever our world gets turned upside down or whenever the bottom falls out of our world, we are faced with so much uncertainty. We have so many unanswered questions. Like we are so tempted in these seasons to become self-focused and protect what we have and to hold on tightly. And oftentimes during these kind of seasons, only think of ourselves. In fact, I've even struggled with that myself. And even sadly, we, we've just seen this kind of reaction where people just become very self-focused and I'm going to protect me as a result of this crisis. See, there's always this tension between uncertainty and happiness whenever the bottom falls out of our life. Now, last week when we started this conversation, we said that Jesus lived during a time of even greater uncertainty than we're in right now, a time when incurable diseases were part of people's everyday reality, when there was like plague and poverty and civil unrest and wars were rampant. And Jesus steps in that world and says, here's how you can be happy. And the surprise is, is you can't have it by being self-centered. Now, in the season that we're in, a season that's requiring us to create social distancing, withdrawing and becoming self-focused could be really tempting because withdrawing is kind of what we're being asked to do for the benefit of others, which is why we've moved all of our campuses to this online experience. So social distancing being asked of us for the benefit of others, like it would be so easy to completely withdraw and make it all about our own survival. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a principle that it really can reduce your level of worry and anxiety in the season more than you ever imagined. And when you hear it, if you've not experienced this principle, if you've not lived this principle, you're going to think, how in the world can that reduce my worry and anxiety in this season? But for those of you who've lived by this principle, it's going to be a reminder of how this principle relates to your happiness in the good times and in the bad times. So let me just kind of give you the bottom line for today's conversation, and then we'll explain it. As long as your behavior is all about you, you won't be happy. Now, when you stop and think about this, you know this is true, right? And here's why. Self-centered, selfish people, they're just not happy people. I mean, think about it. You've never met a happy, self-centered, or selfish person. Now, what's good about this is the Apostle Paul, he addresses this principle in a letter to a group of Christians that lived in a Roman providence called Galatia. In fact, in this letter, he makes a contrast between two different approaches to living. The first approach is living for myself approach, trying to make myself happy approach. And the second approach is pouring myself out for others. Now, here's what's interesting about this. The people of the Galatian church were not only caught in this tension, but they were losing the struggle. In fact, in his first missionary trip to this region of Galatia, the apostle Paul, he was constantly hounded by like religious leaders who sought to kill him in order to stop his teaching about being other people focused. In fact, it was during his first trip to Galatia that he was stoned and he was left for dead. In fact, you can find that in Acts chapter 14 if you want to read about that. And so the words that the apostle Paul would use to describe the acts of the flesh in this letter that we're going to be 
looking at today would certainly be used to accurately describe the Galatians. In fact, here's some of the words that he uses to describe them. Hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, and factions. And whenever you think about an environment filled with these kind of attitudes and behaviors, I think it's fair to say that that was not a happy or a spiritually healthy group of people. Like you could say that they were very self-protective, that they were antagonistic to others. Like you can't have those attitudes and not be that way. And so just like the Christians at Galatia, that there's a struggle that every follower of Jesus that we have especially in times of crisis and difficulty. And it is this struggle. It's the struggle of this. Well, will I surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit into my life and, and live for Jesus and others? Or, or will I continue to yield to the pull of my fleshly nature in an attempt to find happiness? And, and in the attempt to find happiness, what happens is I become self-centered and, and I can be consumed with selfishness. In fact, I want you to notice today as we have this conversation how the Apostle Paul contrasts these two different lifestyle approaches and the outcome that they bring. So here's what he says in Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 19. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, if you grew up in church like I did, you've probably heard this verse talked about before. And maybe the translation you read maybe said, the acts of the sinful nature are these. So whenever the apostle Paul says the acts of the flesh or the acts of the sinful nature, he's saying, if you were just going to give in to whatever your natural desires demand, if you were just able to get away with anything, if you were just kind of like would pick up your feet and go with the flow of yourself and the current and there weren't any kind of consequences, he says, if you just went with your fleshly impulses and did what your flesh wants to do when you want to do it, if you just went with you, if you just kind of said, okay, the bottom has dropped out and it's all about me, the Apostle Paul says, here's how you would behave. And, and we've seen some of this behavior. The acts of the flesh, he says, are obvious, like so obvious that when he lists them, you're going to think, yeah, that, that really is the acts of the flesh. And, and I've seen that and maybe even I've done that. Now, he begins this list with this wide range of fleshly behaviors that we all turn to at some point in time of our life, probably to try to find happiness. But for the sake of our discussion today, we want to focus our attention on the last part of the list that is most important when it comes to our relationships. Notice what he says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Now, here's what we know. None of us want to live in that kind of environment. None of us want to live in an environment where there's all these kind of just destructive attitudes and behaviors. We, we know that kind of behavior, it doesn't help anyone. And we also know it's all rooted in self-centered, selfish behavior. And self-centered behavior, it's always relationally destructive and it's very personally unfulfilling. See, like any time we live in the flesh, what our tendency is, is we think that we're winning. We, we think that we're gaining or we're leveraging happiness. When in reality, we're just losing. Like we're on a path to isolation and greater unhappiness. Because see, all of us, 
know that this kind of behavior that the Apostle Paul lists out in this verse, it, it separates us. I mean, it separates us from God. It, it separates us from ourselves emotionally, and it separates us from other people. Now, here's what's so good and so important about this passage that we're looking at today. The Apostle Paul, he, he gives us this list of the acts of the flesh, but then he gives us the contrasting approach to life, and we know this approach to life as the fruit of the Spirit. And this part starts in verse 22, and here's the thing I want you to notice. As we roll through this next list, it's not difficult to see the very stark contrast between the two lists. You'll notice that the fruit of the Spirit, they're other-oriented, they're self-sacrificing, they're collaborative, they're very relational. And it's Apostle Paul's way of saying, he's like, if you're looking for a pathway to happiness, to fulfillment, to living fully alive and having meaningful relationships, no matter what the circumstances, no matter when the bottom falls out of your life, he goes, hey, this this is the way. These are the attitudes. These are the behavior that build a life, that build a relationship and lead to lasting happiness that is lasting. In fact, the truth is you can't be selfless. You can't be other people focused in this season if you don't have these character qualities that the Apostle Paul is about to list out, these character traits. Notice, notice what he says. This is so important. But the fruit of the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you think about it, if you could just experience one characteristic of God's fruit, like if you could just reach in here and pull out one characteristic of God's fruit of the Spirit, you'd be like, wow, wow. I mean, because when you really look at this list, you go, that is an amazing list of character traits and attitudes. Like just one or two gifts from the fruit of the Spirit would make our lives so much better, wouldn't it? Like for most of us, it would be, I'll just reach in and take one of these and it would make my life so much better. But here's what's so amazing about this. God doesn't want us to experience just one of these or just one of these occasionally. He created us so that we find them all present at all times in every situation, in every interaction, in every circumstance, whether it's good or bad. So much so that when the Apostle Paul refers to the fruit of the Spirit, he uses the singular. It's the fruit, not the fruits of the Spirit. And here's why. His, tension, his intention is for us to know that when we surrender to the Spirit, what he does is he releases everything. God's Spirit releases everything in this list to us. So God wants you to experience the full-time fruit of God's Spirit no matter what your external circumstances are. And so Jesus is saying, listen, it is possible, but we don't find it by accident. Now, the key phrase that I just said is full-time fruit of the Spirit. Here's why. Because life, it's never constant. 
Think about it. Our circumstances, man, they're always evolving and changing. I mean, nothing is ever ideal or is as perfect as we would like it. I mean, there are seasons when the bottom just falls out like it has fallen out for every one of us, and we are scrambling trying to figure out how do we do life well? How do we make it happen? In fact, I think our staff has probably worked harder and longer this week trying to figure out how do we arrange and how do we lead well and how do we minister well and how do we serve well and how do we make sure that, you know, we're helping to continue to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and encourage you because we, we know that God's got this, but how do we do that when we can't put our arms around you? Well, here's the cool thing. The Apostle Paul says, the good thing about this, no matter what we're experiencing and no matter how stressful things have been or how much unknown and uncertainty there is, he says you can experience full-time fruit of the Spirit of God if you live surrendered to God's Spirit instead of living out the acts of the flesh, trying to find happiness and meaning whenever the bottom finds out, falls out. So the Apostle Paul says, when you decide to quit pursuing the desires of the flesh or your sinful nature, he says, when you finally surrender to God and say, Heavenly Father, I don't know what to do here, but I just surrender to you. And I just want your Holy Spirit to live life through me. He says, when you surrender to God completely, this is the kind of fruit that God is going to produce through you. And what we need to realize is that in these two lists that the Apostle Paul listed out, the, the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, they're mutually exclusive. Like you can look for happiness demanding your way through like spewing hatred or creating discord or throwing fits of rage and by creating dissension and causing factions and, and many people are doing that. Or you can search for happiness God's way by saying, God, I want your fruit to flow through me. By saying, God, I want your fruit to flow through me so that I can serve others and, and, I, and I can experience peace and kindness and self-control and patience so that other people can experience that kind of environment around me. And here's the thing. While the acts of the flesh can seem appealing when we feel tension and frustration and pressure in our life, here's what I know. Most every one of us, we would trade living in that kind of environment, the acts of the flesh where there's hatred and discourse and envy and jealousy. We, we would trade all of that in a moment if we could experience a life and an environment filled with the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit that the Apostle Paul describes here. But here's the good news. The Apostle Paul isn't finished. He goes on to make one of the most powerful statements in all of the New Testament. If we want to experience doing life well or if we want to experience in happiness whenever the bottom falls out of our life. Here's what he says. He says, against such things. Now, this little phrase right here, such things, what is he talking about? He's talking about the things 
that are called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control. He says, against those things, there is no law. Now, here's why this is so powerful. The, the Apostle Paul is saying, the reason you intuitively know that you would be happy in the kind of environment that is full of the fruit of the Spirit is, first of all, you were created by God to live that way. When we were originally created by God before sin, you were created to live this way. Like, you were designed to live in a community of people that is characterized by such things, the fruit of the Spirit. Don't miss this because this, this is so relevant for the season we're in right now. What the Apostle Paul is describing, and this is so beautiful, what the Apostle Paul is describing is a community where there is almost no need for any law. Like, this is a community where police are basically unneeded because here's why. If I am living being led by the Spirit of God, then I'm automatically going to do what's best for you. And if you're living being led by the Spirit of God, then you're committed to doing what's best for me. And so when love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and meekness and self-control are the path and the pattern of my life, then here's the thing I know. We can get through anything, including this worldwide pandemic. See, even though the bottom has seemingly fallen out in so many ways in our lives and, and we have all these unanswered questions and all this uncertainty, see, with the fruit of the Spirit flowing through our lives, we can figure out how to love each other well. We can figure out how to serve each other well. We, we can get through any problem together when being for each other is motivated by the fruit of the Spirit of God. Now, here's the problem. Because of sin... In times of pressure and tension, selfishness is natural. And what we tend to do is under pressure, we tend to go toward self-protection and being self-focused and self-centered. But God created us to live a life that is characterized by the things listed in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. So I just want you to think about it. How much better would a family work if it was characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? How much better a community would work if it was characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? And even how much better a nation would work if it was characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? But don't miss this. Just imagine, just imagine moving forward in this season. Imagine the fruit of the Spirit functioning within your family. Or imagine that within our communities right now. Or even imagine that, how our nation would be so different tomorrow morning if we all woke up functioning, living out the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, the stress level that so many of us are feeling, the anxiety level that so many of us are feeling, I mean, these levels would greatly begin to decrease. I mean, even though we're in a season that is unlike anything we've ever experienced, if everyone was living out the fruit of the Spirit, imagine how much happier we would be. Like, how much happier our families would be, or how much happier our communities would be, or our nation would be. Because while there would be all these unknown and uncertainties, we could be happy living in an uncertain world with unanswered questions with the fruit of the Spirit. Because see, we'd be living what we were designed to live. We, we, would, we would be for each other. 
And the Apostle Paul says, hey, that's what you were created to experience. And, and when you're experiencing that, that creates happiness no matter what's going on around you. So to summarize basically what the Apostle Paul is saying as he gives us the contrast of two, these two lists is this. The more selfless you are, the happier you will be. And, and that's true in any season, but it's especially true in this season. And, and the reality is when we stop and think about it, we know it. Because truth is the value of a life is always measured by how selfless it is. I mean, that's what we celebrate about a person when you think about it. When a person finds a way to give their life away, when they live selfless lives, we, we look at that individual and we think, wow, that was a great man, that was a great woman, that was a great student, that was a great child. So if you want to be happy, you have to figure out a way to give your life away. And here's the thing, we don't mean like once or twice a year you go find some kind of project and you make sure everybody in your community knows it because you post it on social media. No, no, no. This has to be a daily part of your life. And it really has to be a daily part of your life, especially when you get in moments of crisis or you'll slip away from it and you'll go to the acts of the flesh as your default. So you've got to find a way to systematically give your life away. And in this season, when for the benefit of everybody else, we're asking to live with social distancing, I'm telling you, this is harder than ever, but it's more important than ever. So if you don't figure out a way to give your life away in the season, here's basically what I think the Apostle Paul is telling us. He's saying you're going to become more frustrated. You're going to become more angry. You're going to become more worried. You're going to become more unhappy in this season. And you, here's what will happen if you do this. You'll, you'll fall for the lie that says, well, if I could just have things go my way again, or if our world would just come back to normal, then I would be happy. But you know what the Apostle Paul is telling us? That no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation, you are designed by God to give your life away. It's why he made the fruit of the Spirit available to you full time in good times and bad times. You were made for so much more than you. See, if, if you make it all about you, you, you'll never be happy. And like, try as much as you can to try to acquire something, control something, which we figured out we can't control anything or even consume your way to happiness. Here's what you know. It won't happen because you were created by the God of this universe to give your life away. So if you want to experience happiness as a man or a woman or as a student or as a child during this season, the Apostle Paul says, hey, happy is a person who finds a way, no matter in good times or bad times, how to give their life away. And so in this season of crisis that leaves us living every day with unknown and uncertainty, we have the greatest opportunity, and please don't miss this, we have the greatest opportunity to breathe the fruit of God's Spirit into a very tense environment. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to live out attitudes and behaviors that everyone would love to experience. And I just want to tell you, Living out the fruit of the Spirit is something that would reduce the tension of uncertainty and unknowns in ways that we cannot imagine. 
So our prayer for you this week has been that you would find that place of surrender, that you would surrender to God and say, God, I can't produce this kind of fruit on my own, but I want to, especially in this season, I want to be a conduit. God, I surrender completely to your leading and your lordship in my life so that you can produce love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control through my life in a world that so desperately needs it. So God... Help me to be other people focused. God, help me to create an environment of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control around me. Listen, while we can't change the tension of unknowns the virus is causing, we can change the tension of the environment we're living in. Because see, what we can do as followers of Christ, we can create an oasis of happiness in the middle of a world of chaos. Listen. Apostle Paul tells us this, as long as it's about me, I'll never be happy. And as long as it's about you, you won't either. But living out the fruit of the Spirit of God, he says, when you let the Spirit of God flow through you, no matter if the bottom falls out, you can still experience happiness. And that's what we want for every one of you as we go through this season. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I I thank you for these amazing words. God, especially, I, I think probably one of the most powerful lines for our season that's in Scripture. Against such things, there's no law. God, I, I just believe with all my heart that you have called us as your followers in this season to lean into you more and more and surrender, to make sure that your fruit is flowing through us. So that, God, that we're creating this oasis of love and peace and joy and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control in the middle of a world that needs to see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So God, help us to be that light by allowing your fruit to be what we lean into and what we allow to flow through us. God, it's going to be so tempting at times because of the pressure and the tension to go toward the acts of the flesh, to get angry, to start spewing hatred and frustration and creating dissension and discord and disunity. But God, in those moments when we're tempted to go there, may we turn our hearts again to you and say, God, help me to live out what I was created for. Help me to create an oasis of just amazing beauty because the Spirit of God is showing up and living in and through me. God, help us to do that. Help us to live surrendered this week so that we're able to do this. We need the help of your Holy Spirit, but we know that with the help of your Holy Spirit, God, we and others around us can continue to experience the joy and the happiness that only you can bring, and we're thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, thanks everyone for joining us today. And it's my prayer that you're going to create an oasis of beauty around you that will draw other people to you and say, hey, how are you living this way? How are you so happy in the middle of this chaos and in our world with the bottoms falling out? We're going to be praying for you this week. And if there's anything we can do, our, our staff is working full time, um, just working to make sure that we're serving and able to minister and meet whatever needs we can for you. And so make sure you reach out to us if you need anything, but know that you're in our prayers. Man, we so miss seeing all of you that uh, we get to see every Sunday on our campuses. And those of you that have joined us online um, that we've never met, hey, thank you for joining us and let us know how we can minister to you as well. Hey, ha have a blessed day and know that we're praying for you.